There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Warrior You Podcast with your host, Bram Connolly. Join Bram as he uncovers what is to be a modern-day warrior on and off the battlefield, covering such topics as human performance, emotional intelligence, resilience, mental toughness, epigenetics, neuroplasticity, philosophy, and much, much more. Warrior You, it's the performance advantage. And don't forget to check out Mentors for Military Podcast. Yo, hey everyone. On this week's podcast, I'm talking to Leroy Four. He left the army after sustaining an injury and then set about building a fitness empire catering to busy dads. This guy is legit. He's determined and has drive. If you're thinking about setting up your own business, especially a fitness business, then this episode is well worth you listening to. Also, while I think of it, if you'd like to watch our Facebook Live question and answers, we do one a week, then you're going to need to subscribe to the Facebook Warrior You closed group. You can send me a message, direct message to bram at warrioru.com.au and I'll send you the link. It's $4.95 a month and every week we do at least a one hour Q&A with one of the mentors, usually me. That's it. Enjoy this episode. So I joined the army in 2005. The reason I joined the army was a bit of left field actually because I moved to Brisbane to play football after trialling the Geelong Footy Club for a rookie spot. Didn't pick up that. So moved to Brisbane, played state league footy up there and it just wasn't working out. You know, living away from home, 19 years old. So I had a few family members in, in the army, one in... Ramey and the other one's a Y1 in artillery and air defence over in Adelaide. So I, I guess just seeing how often they travelled, the, the fitness and also the mateship, it sort of resonated pretty close to how my life was in that sort of year and a half between school and, and joining the army, uh, being associated with the footy club. So I've seen it as a natural progression. I never, during school or even up until a month before I joined the Army, seen myself or ever thought about joining the Army. It was a very spur-of-the-moment thing. I think it took me two weeks. I think it was one of the fastest applications to actually getting to Kapuka. Yeah, um, that is quick. <laughs> yeah, for me, applying it sort of just everything was, I guess, about a day apart. It was, you know, the app. I got my paperwork in straight away and then 
you know, it just happened that the fitness test was available a couple of days later and then I was available to travel, you know, the four hours down to Melbourne and do the interview and I passed that and then I think I was booked about a month later but they had a cancellation and said, can you come next week? And at the time I'd gone back to Victoria from Brisbane because I was going through that whole process and, yeah, two weeks later I was on the on the bus to Hooker from Melbourne and, um, yeah, the rest is history, I guess. Yeah, that is quick. Mine was about 12 weeks. Mind you, that was in okay. 1991, but I had my 17th birthday, walked into the recruiting office, and then I was February 3rd, I was at Kapuka. Okay. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, mine was 2005 mm. uh, in July, and, yeah, so went to Tingo for the infantry training, but then I had the opportunity to go to Townsville. So it was when they started doing the IETs in the battalion, so... I took that opportunity only because I found Singo to be a bit of a shithole. And, you know, we had a couple of weekends in Newcastle and then Sydney, and I just thought, you know, Townsville, uh, get me up there, get to battalion straight away, and at least we knew where we're going. And by that stage, I think we spent about two, three weeks at Singo in a holding soon. So already formed a pretty good bond with a heap of the boys. Yeah. Um, and once we got put in that platoon, it was something different, and, and we knew that. To where I had a few trips coming up as well, so that was sort of a yeah, bit of a hope that we could jump on one of the deployments straight away. So, yeah, went to Tuaria, did the IETs up there. It was I can't really compare it to, you know, I never did it at Singo, so I found it to be probably a lot more relaxed because we were embedded with within the battalion. Yeah, um, we probably had more of a had to display more of a professional a bit on the job training. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, we got to see who was who in the zoo sort of thing, but learnt how to, um, I guess, stay in our lane as well. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't at Singo where you're surrounded by a heap of other IETs and everyone's the same. You sort of, mm. you were seen as that, you know, lower level from the get-go and you really had to earn that respect and, mm. you know, fight your way in, in, into the the companies and then earn the right to go. On, on any trips or exercises. So. I do like how the army does that. It doesn't get stuck with the the sort of factory mentality of soldiering because when I went through, we we were a core enlisted platoon to third battalion. So yeah. so there was two platoons, and they they all most of those guys went straight to the parachute battalion. It was only myself and two other guys that went up to the first battalion because we were in the sister platoon to those other two platoons. So we went through Singleton with them. But the esprit de corps and the professionalism of the the instructors came from the 3rd Battalion as well to yep. Singleton to, to train those guys. Yeah, I'm, I like how the Army does that sometimes, you know, but it does the need of the service. Yeah, no, I actually, I actually enjoyed it as well. And the same thing, the our instructors were from two. They weren't people sent up, yeah. you know, just take the course and sent back. And our instructors, platoon sergeant commanders, they actually come over to Timor as well on our deployment. So we were with them for a good, you know, 18 months. Yeah, they put a lot more effort in then. Yeah, well. when they know they're going to get yeah. you. Mm. Yeah, and and it was sort of a bit of an eye-opener because you were still in that training mentality and you were still, you know, you weren't quite there yet, but you got to see how the wider army worked being at Laverick, Laverick Barracks. Yeah, that's right. And it wasn't like you are still in that training uh, unit down at Singleton. And I think that was a really big eye-opener for the boys because – you know, even though you're getting beasted and made to do extra training and, you know, everything that goes along with the training, you could actually see that it wasn't like that for everyone else and you are Yeah, right, yeah. From, yeah. You know, picking into That's you know, the cool. rest of the training. So, you did have trig point there, though. Yeah. That's yeah. that's that's um, that's an issue. 
Oh mate, it's, and yeah, doing all your nav exes out the back there, it's just it's not fun. Yeah, the high high range training area for you know, and Mount Stewart training area for Navex is yeah. I spent a bit of time cruising around there. I still don't know my way around there. No, probably didn't no, learn no, to navigate till I went to Commandos. To be honest, yeah, <laughs> I was up in up at high range there. We're doing the mill skills competition. I got hypothermia in mill skills, and I, you know, you don't expect to get that in Townsville, but I think it was sort of June, July, and you know, one night I had to get taken in and you know got the hot soup and the survival blanket wrapped around me and three, four hours later it was shot back out there. But, yeah. you know, it was one of those times that, I don't know, it rained three or four days. It was it does get a little bit cold out there at that time of year. And, um, yeah, so that's something you never expect to get in Townsville. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and so what happened after after um, the IATs and then Timor? You find yourself yep. so you find yourself a little bit of time and then boom. Yeah, so, mate, Timor 0708. So I got back from Timor March, April 2008, and then I did the surveillance course. It was, it was the only course on offer at the time that I could get into. So, you know, back then you just wanted that sport company T-shirt and you wanted to be, you know, within sport company. So, you know, that, I, I did that course as soon as I got back from Timor. And then... And what did that, what did that involve, Leroy? That, that's, a, that's sort of like a precursor to the reconnaissance course, isn't it? Yeah, we actually worked alongside of reconnaissance. We never, I never went on deployment or did it on any operations, but I forget the name of actual, you know, radars that we're using, but basically. Like ground surveillance radars and ISTAR yeah, and ground stuff. surveillance radar. And we got embedded with a mob uh, 20 STR, I think it was, yeah. or SDA from Brisbane. Mm. And we did a lot of exercises uh, with them. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was a pretty short course and I think it was only about four weeks and it was sort of more just a tick in the box. It wasn't really anything that, you know, I seen as a career progression. It was, yeah, more, more a means to an end. Okay. Um, but yeah, did that. And then at the time, eight, nine, Aria was raising down in Brisbane. I mean, they were screaming out for people from all the different um, battalions. So I seen it as a way to get back to Noosa because I'd been living up on the Sunshine Coast. And Brisbane area, so uh, my family was moving up there as well. So I thought, well, I'm going to put in the application to get a transfer down there. I want to get closer to the coast and Brizzy. Also wanted to get out of that Townsville, you know, sort of mentality that you know you got everyone. It's just a garrison city, so you just judge because of who you are. Mm. Um, and I just that that you know, you go out in town or you, you know, you're even a shopping centre, and you sort of just looked at differently. Mm. Um, and and it, is up there like you know you got the shaved heads you've got the you know you're in groups of three ten you know guys and I, I just didn't like that side of mm. you know, how the public perceived you and it wasn't that anything you may have done that, you know or, or anyone may have done for that matter but I just felt like I needed to get back to you know a city or the coast where you could just be blend in a nobody again yeah, yeah. so mm. I put the application in and because by that stage, I had a couple of years in the battalion and had that team trip under my belt as well. It got approved. And were they were they motorised 8-9? They were, yeah. yeah. So I had the Bushmasters down there, cool. um, which was good because we didn't have to you know, hump the packs anywhere after that, which was a bonus. So yeah, went down to Brisbane, had about six weeks off between leaving 2RAR and you know, starting down in Brisbane um, at 8-9. So went over to Bali and Thailand and... 
you know, run amok for six weeks and finally moved into the city and, yeah, started there. So when I first got to 8, 9, I actually had my application in for 2 Commander. So I had already done the application and was approved. I flew down to Singo and did all the, I think it was the pre-course or pre-testing or whatever it was at the time and passed all that. So then come back to the battalion, kept training and then, Silly enough, I, I went up to Noosa the weekend before I was meant to fly out to Singer and went wakeboarding or and, you know, get behind the jet skis and all that and thinking, you know, this is all good and dislocated my shoulder. Mm. So never got to go down to the course, had to, you know, withdraw beforehand mm. um, and get shoulder surgery back at the battalion. So that kept me out for a, about six months while I recovered from that. Mm. So that was, yeah, put a bit of a halt on initial plans did you see any of your mates go down there and not come back there was a few mm. um I'm trying to remember it's tough isn't it yeah you don't, you don't need you don't need to say any names they're probably in the unit yeah. yeah i mean that must be that must be tough while you're you know while you're training for it and you know and you're you're a beast of a guy you would have probably shitted in and you know your mates go down there and, and they don't come back and you'll sit there sat up there injured mm. yeah exactly so i i I think that was about March or April mm. um, from memory when, when that happened. So I started, got the surgery pretty soon after that. And I think, you know, it took about six months to get, you know, fully fit again. So mm. I went back, um, you know, to the battalion. I, I got put down in the recon platoon and just helped out down there on a few courses um, with a bit of the fitness stuff as well. And then I decided to go for the SAS course mm. the following year. So I had a few mates that, uh, July, go for the course, and about five of them passed it. And just watching their preparation, training, and then hearing, you know, how the course was and the Rio cycle and how life was over in Perth, mm. um, I, I didn't really have a difference between, you know, Commando or SAS or anything at that time. I was just like, mm. I want to go FF, and you know, I've seen that as sort of the the bigger picture or the or the harder thing. So. Mm. Once I knew I had some pretty good mates over there, I thought, no, let, let's go for this. And so I put the application in for the following following year, I think it was. So I had to get the shoulder all ticked off. So got that all done. Once again, did all the application and passed all that sort of stuff. Flew over to Perth. It was actually the year that they did all the filming. So mm. well, I think a glimpse walk onto a bus or something like that. So that was my two seconds of fame on, on TV. But yeah, I... I Started all, did all the stuff around the barracks, all the initial training stuff, and it was actually on the walk into, uh, where were we? Bindoon. Bindoon, I think, yeah. That I actually come down with a back injury. Mm. Um, so I, di- I didn't get too far into that course. I think it was only that third day or fourth day or something like that. And, yeah, so I ended up having a back injury. I think we were carrying. A lot. Yeah, it would have been. 50, 60 yeah. plus kilos. That was a couple of jerry cans, weapon pack, you know. Yeah, you need to be you need to be guys need to be prepared for that that initial shock. When when I went on there, I was nineteen, got off the bus, we did the swim test, we got out there, and uh, I remember I was probably about sixty two kilograms back then. Yep. And my pack would have weighed what I weighed. So it was like it was honestly like firemen's carrying someone for fifteen kilometers. Yeah, just the walk in itself wrecked me, and then and then I withdrew the next day. So yeah. there's no, you know, and I've I've made peace with myself over that over the years. Yeah. You know, I've done things, you know, since then that have that have 
you know, for retribution. But yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't beat yourself up over that. Injury is an injury, is what it is. Yeah, and mm. and that's it. So anyway, got back to the unit after that. Spent another about a week in our hospital in Perth, just scans, X-rays, and they wouldn't let me travel until I got the all clear. So mm. it was it was lucky the the mates that went over the previous year had a unit in the city. So mm. they were about fifty meters away from pub, and we just went to the pub every elbow and drank beer while we. You know, waited for the all clear from the docs to yeah. send me home. So that was pretty good. And yeah, ended up going back to the unit because of the back injury. Basically, got told, you know, you're no good for infantry anymore. You know, knew I couldn't do SF because of, because of the injuries as well. So yeah, uh, got out yeah. Um, and decided to move up to Noosa. Uh, by that stage, I'd met my wife, Nacha. Uh, she was from Noosa. So yeah, we, we moved up there and. I, I was lucky enough whilst I was in the army to study a personal training course or civilian course on the outside. Mm. So I actually started it whilst we were over in Timor because we had a lot of downtime mm. on our hands. It was a way to Smart. kill mm. a bit of that boredom. And then I finished it once I got back to Brisbane at the uh, Fit Nation down there. So mm. finished the practical side there and the Cert 4 there. And it was sort of lucky that I did do that because – because your back injury needed you to stay fit, didn't it, to keep it in check? Yeah, and it still does now. Yeah. The, the more I train and the more I keep up my core stability and all the different mm-hmm. uh, exercises I have to do for it, the better my back is. The, yeah. the minute I stop doing anything, my back just goes you know, three steps backwards. So it, it's vital that I just keep moving and don't feel sorry for myself and you know keep on to it because, yeah, I, I've got spondylolisthesis, lolosis, couple bulge discs, and slip vertebrae. So that's all in the lumbar and then also uh, mid-thoracic spinal strain as well. So that's sort of the injuries that I sort of come out with. So, yeah, it's, it's something that I've been constantly having to keep on top of with, you know, constant physio. And, did, you know, get, make- did you get looked after by the Army when you when you left to DVA, look after you and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, they do, mate, yeah. Mm. So I've got the white card there to, that helps with different injuries, uh, sorry, the, the, the treatment side of things. So physio and that's covered, you know, you have to go through the GP and, mm. you know, if I need any tablets for pain or I had to get a couple of nerve root injections a month ago as well just mm. to kill that um, sciatic pain. So, yeah, anything anything to do with that back injury. Stop doing push-ups with your son and you're back, you freak. Yeah, well, mate, that's that's the other issue. It's it's good for your reps for for um, the photo, and then it's it's done. So. <laughs> Tell me about the business side of the things. How did that How did that all start? Yeah, so basically, left the army having the PT course behind me, and that was the only thing I had behind me. So it's sort of something going into the infantry that you need to be aware of when you come out. There's not much you can sort of yeah grab onto. Yeah, you got to go into the military with a view to getting out. Yeah, if I had my way again, sort of looking at it now, I probably would have done a trade or done something like that to begin with and, you know, then gone, tried to go SF or something like that because at least if you can, if you get out, you've got yeah. something behind you on a ticket. Mm. It's all good looking looking back at it now, but that's probably what I would do or, you know, recommend is have something behind you or if you know that your, you know, combat career or, you know, your infantry career is, you know, ending, look at transferring over and, you know, doing something or have something lined up on the outside mm. before you get out because mm. so many of my friends have got out and you know, what do we do? You know, you've, you've bummed around and gone to the mines, hasn't worked, they've joined back up and re-enlisted or mm. they've gone officers and they've, you know, they're just all over the shop and, you know, it's either 
they're either get out of the infantry and they're in the mines or they become a copper or a fire and, and that's, that's a, about it. And the mines is tough. It's a tough job. Yeah, mm. especially with families um, mm. and everything like that mm. as well. So, yeah, so getting back to leave the army, I decided to start Bootcamp Nursa, so that was my first business. Mm. Um, so I started... And we, we, were talking, we were talking earlier today and yep. you are very similar to me where you go, oh, I've got an idea, and then you just throw everything at it, every resource, every, every single thing, and it either gets traction or it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. The boot camp Noosa did okay, didn't it? Mate, it did well. I ran that for six years. Mm. I sold the company uh, last year because I was just getting a bit bored of the same routine. And Fair enough. And for me, I, I needed a new challenge. So I, I started boot camp whilst I was still in the Army, probably in the last month or two before I actually discharged. Uh, so I'd drive to Noosa on a Tuesday, Thursday night from Brisbane and uh, I was just running stuff in the park up there, just trying to build, you know, some sort of clientele before, you know, I went out and, and did it on full time. So it was lucky that Nacha, my wife, she grew up in Noosa. So it sort of helped in those early days where she could just message a heap of friends and, you know, we could get five people and that turned to 10 and then they'd bring partners or girlfriends or boyfriends. And, you know, quickly we had it at 20. I think when I sold it last year, we were about 120 members strong. So you know, growing that through the years, we trained over fifteen hundred people. Wow! Uh, in total, and yeah, so you know, it was a pretty good gig. You know, I think I worked about ten, fifteen hours a week in class times. Obviously, did a lot more admin and social media and stuff behind the scenes. But actually, contact hours it was a pretty good lifestyle gig, especially living on the Sunshine Coast. You could you know go for surf or hang out with the kids or mm. do basically whatever you wanted from eight o'clock in the morning till four in the afternoon if you wanted. So, yeah, it, it was pretty good. And it sort of set me up with that entrepreneurial mindset and um, that early sort of adaptive to social media because when we started, mm. it was when you know, Facebook was just kicking off pages and Instagram, I don't even think was mm. out at the time or it may have been out overseas, but we just didn't know about it. So I think it really helped us with early traction and early business success because there was no algorithms back there. There was no paid posts. Everything you posted was being seen by mm. absolutely everyone who mm. followed you. So it wasn't like now where you've got all the analytics and you, your post is only getting seen by 10% of your followers or sometimes you know, 5% of your followers. Mm. You know, if we put an offer up or, or something on one of our social media platforms, mm. it was seen by the 2,000 people that followed us and I think that was sort of um, good timing to start something. So with the boot camp stuff, we used to run sessions at the beaches. We ran them in local parks. We did corporate stuff with different businesses around town. Because Noosa was such a big tourist destination, we'd have a lot of people come up on holidays and request personal training or small group training at their uh, holiday accommodation. I actually went into a couple of commercial facilities as well. So I sort of fed them out. I guess a mix between like CrossFit and F45 before mm. they were a thing. Just a heap of raw weights and rubber matting on the floor and that was about it. Yeah. But ended up, you know, leaving the sheds after about three years because it just, for me, it was getting too far away from the boot camp and the military sort of inspired fitness. It was more going down the lines of the CrossFit and, you know, being on the Sunshine Coast, who doesn't, you know, want to be on the beach watching that sunrise every morning compared to, you know, sitting in sitting in a room with 
staring at the uh, bricks. Yeah, I can imagine that. What was the sort of like age of the clientele, and were they was it mostly people with dad bods then trying to get rid of their dad bods, or did you have a, a pretty broad mix? Mate, it was it was actually funny. It was probably about eighty ninety percent female, and the age ranges we we took juniors, so we had about fourteen. The 16-year-old was sort of the minimum age with, mm. with that train. It was typically if their parents were training there, they'd just come along and, mm. you know, we'd just have some, you know, smaller weights or just make them do body weight. And it was daily, daily thing? Yeah, so Monday to Saturday. So Monday I think there was 15 classes a week, Monday to Saturday, uh, all early morning or, or late afternoon. And, yeah, we, we were training people. We had this one guy, I think he was 74. He was a... Been doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu his whole life, and yeah, he was just adamant. He was, you know, we'd come along three or four times a week, and wow. so our, our sort of thing that we did was, and and I guess one of the quotes we ran it by was, everyone does the same thing, but it's ultimately at your own pace. So mm. it was sort of the way that we could really get that group and community spirit and ensure that you know no one was ever left behind, and everyone sort of knew what they were doing. And old school army circuits, by the sound of it. Yeah, basically was, mate. Mm. You know, we had big tractor tires there. We had mm. all the sandbags, the torsion bars. Cool. Um, and then, you know, we had some of the, you know, new functional sort of equipment mm. as well. But, yeah, it, the biggest thing and I think my biggest sort of success with the whole Bootcamp Noosa thing was not only the, uh, the clients, you know, having amazing results, but the ability to build such a large community that was very loyal and very strong. And it's sort of one of the things that, you know, I, I seen from the outside looking in was it was very good at connecting people and then allowing them to become lifelong friends. So clients would join up, make them feel part of the family straight away, and and you know within three to six months they're they're all mingling at each other's house with barbecues, mm. going on holidays together, and the kids are best friends. And it was really a tight knit community mm. um, that was sort of so strong that we actually had a few different boot camp franchises come to town and within two or three weeks they were gone again because mm. you know you just couldn't you know compare with what we already had and and the following and um you know the land grab that we had around around noosa mm. and i think they come in at like ten dollars a week or something like that and our prices were probably you know 30 40 50 dollars a week mm. um, depending on what people were on so i think once you had that loyalty from that um, custom base, it's sort of yeah, that's pretty cool. Break, yeah. And what what made you come up with the idea for the fit dad lifestyle? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So the Fit Dad Lifestyle, it's actually been probably three years in the making. Right. So a lot of the ebook was filmed about 18 months ago. The ebook is cool. I already I went yeah. through it today and yeah, it's really good. It's, I'm surprised that that's not selling for twenty nine ninety five on in bloody Dimmicks, you know, yeah, as a as a hardback. Thing why I didn't list it for that price, and it's probably a lot of negativity on my, on my part, and it's something that mm. 
I struggle with is as much as it probably doesn't look like online, you know, you're trying to perceive that person that you're probably not. But I, I was going to list it for $19, $19 or $25, but then you go in the ebook store and you see a Tim Ferriss or a Tony Robbins book or something like this and, you know, it's 300 pages long and they're multi-award winning authors and they're selling theirs for $14. So that's why I listed mine. Yeah, there's a reason that there's a reason that's happening though. Yeah. The, the, and that was sort of my, my theory behind uh, why I listed it there. So their publishers are their publishers are doing promotions for like thirty days and stuff like that to you know, yeah yeah to get them publicity and exposure and mm, yeah mm. so that's a bit of bit of the story behind my ebook launches. I finished it probably that's no, really good October mm. November last year and. I, I was thinking I was going to become an overnight success. Mm, so I was yeah. thinking that, you know, because I had a little social media following and I got a few other friends mm. with a large following to promote it for me and that it was just going to go gangbusters. Right. I put a few posts up and did a few promotions and stuff like that. And I think I had about 25 sales at, yeah. you know, the whole lifetime of the book and I ended up just pulling it off the iTunes store mm. because I was just like, you know, what I've just spent – you know, a good part of the year putting this together, photo right. shoots. Yeah, it can be pretty disheartening. You know, and then get, selling 25 copies and probably half of them were friends and family just supporting me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was a bit of a kick to the teeth and it was a bit of an eye-opener and I guess that leads into why I've started the Fit Dad lifestyle and while I'm, whilst I'm trying to um, promote that Fit Dad lifestyle mentality out there, I really want to do it right. And I think the, the failure, well, not really failure, but the realization that it's not an overnight success has made me really go back to basics and, and build the foundations up. So I'm actually, I'm typically someone who will build a website overnight, won't sleep, will have domain names, social media names, an email address set up, MailChimp, you know, PayPal accounts and everything done within 48 hours just on a, on a whim of a random business idea but with this one I've, I've really gone back to basics and for the last four or five weeks I've been just sending up landing pages to the website so different mm. pages that um, potential clients are going to land on from the social media platforms mm. and you know, then setting up you know, schedule call schedules and then after that setting up you know, really in-depth questionnaires so I can really understand the client. And one thing that I'm doing with this is I'm not having any payment systems on the website. So I'm going to have everything is going to be post a call because I really want to make sure that the clients are not only a right fit for me, um, mm. but I'm a right fit for them. Yeah. Um, I don't want to waste their time and I don't want them to waste my time as well. I'd rather mm. help the people that need my help. And, and I'm going to be charging you know, a premium uh, yeah. for the service. Well. I've seen I've seen it done really well on on training peaks where coaches are you know it might might be anything from sixty dollars for a, for an automated program that you download and then it automatically populates your calendar, which is a really good platform. Or yeah. or and I did this. I had a a coach from an online coach from America who would he would go and populate my training peaks weeks week in week out. And then, okay. and then we'd have a Skype call once a week, and then we go over the the sort of achievements that I'd made during the week, and then and but that was like, I think that was like four hundred dollars a month or something ridiculous like that, you know. And he might have had twelve, yeah. only twelve clients, yeah. And he was a he was an athlete himself, but you know. So there's other 
there's other options out there. Yeah, it's a good way to go. Yeah, definitely. So I'm going to have the sort of freemium model uh, with the ebook. Oh, yeah. um, I'm going to use that out there because it's already done. Um, it's not going to take any more of my time, and it's a really good starting point for the people to sort of get an understanding of what what type of training and you know what actual fit that lifestyle is going to be about. And I'm actually editing that ebook at, at the moment as well, just to sort of take the branding away from the FitDad project, uh, which I was going to call it rebranding as the FitDad lifestyle. Mm. So FitDad lifestyle is basically it's going to be an online coaching platform for physical and mental fitness, and it really I, I actually don't want to give them a fitness program until we work out you know, their goals, their whole mindset mm. and everything because it, it's sort of, there's no use me giving them just a everyday program, you know, circuit training, gym programs, you know, cardio programs, whatever they think they want because until they work out their why and the purpose and, you know, the reason behind what mm. they're actually doing, I, I just think it's a waste of their time and mm. also mine, you know, seeing up the program. So yeah. I'm going to be really working with them to, you know, establish their, their why and, you know, what their purpose is and then also working with them with their goals, you know, milestones and then reverse engineering those goals, you know, mm. backwards and mm. helping them sort of set realistic timeframes to achieve those goals as well because, you know, there's nothing more than just saying, oh, I want to get fit and healthy and, you know, starting programs, starting to eat healthy. Like, of course you're going to get fit and healthy if you if you eat a bit cleaner and you, you start doing something that you're not going to do. But I want them to achieve goals that they never thought were possible. And I want them to you know not look back when they're 20 years older and go, shit, I wish I did that back then or I wish I achieved that or I wish I wasn't you know so overweight, I wouldn't have diabetes now or I wouldn't have these heart problems and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So I, I really want them to realize that they're also not only doing it for themselves, but they're doing it to be a role model for their kids. Mm. And they're doing it so that in 20 years' time, they are going to be there for them, uh, their kids as well. Sort of, and I, I guess the, it's a, it's a market that I'm very embedded in having two young boys myself. So I've got mm. a four year old mm. Harry and a one year old Tanner. So it's something that I can really relate to the fathers. You know, I know the struggles of, you know, fatherhood and I know the struggles of, you know, not sleeping, you know, feeling like you have to get out there and support. Yeah, it ages you, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, it does. Yeah. It really does. It's, it, yeah, it's it's definitely something new and, and there's nothing that you can do that prepares you for it or, you know, the struggles that you may or may not have work, relationship or, or life. Can you still be, can you still be in the elite fitness sort of category as a, as a dad? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone's got the same 24 hours in a day. You know, yeah, people work 8 to 10 hours. There's still, you know, what's that? It's still 16 hours left. You know, you could train four hours out of that and still get eight hours sleep, you know, if you wanted to. And, mm. you know, it doesn't have to be just by yourself either. Like, and, and like a lot of the kid programs that we do, it, you can be at the park and doing a workout on the park equipment yeah. with your kids. Yeah, it's good time management. Yeah. yeah. I get asked a lot. I get asked what my day looks like because people are all infatuated with bloody, you know, good old Tim Ferriss, you know, yeah. and, and, and the four-hour work week and all that sort of stuff. And people people quite often message me and say, oh, you know, what's your daily routine look like? And 
man, my because I am so I'm trying to make hay while the sun shines. So yep. so I'm up. I'm up early. I'm up early and I, I get my news in the first 30 minutes of the day So on you know, ABC Channel 24. That's the only news I get from 5 to 5.30 and then I'm in the gym from 5.30 to 6.30 and then and then I might eat and then I'm at work, you know, and then I'll yep. – and then I might do something during, you know, something like ROM ward or something like that during my lunch hour and then if I can, I'll sneak something in at the end of the day and then there's just enough time for – you know, doing stuff with the kids and being interactive with your, you know, family, and then you yeah. do it. Then you do it all again, and then I then I might go away for a week to a mine site and teach leadership, which are twelve hour days. I don't care what anyone's saying. You're not you're not going to you know you're not going to do an Ironman working out at a mine site for twelve hour days for for a two week swing. No. You know, so for me, a lot of the basics are things that that you'll get a lot of traction with, like just teaching people the importance of sleep. I mean, I went over that in a podcast a couple of weeks ago, you know, sleep is a weapon. And then yeah. nutrition, like when people when people work hard and then they've got their kids, they'll just eat whatever they can get their hands on, get it get it in their body, but they don't understand half the stuff they're shoveling in their face is poison. You know, I'm watching these people in America at the moment that are on this um, carnivore diet. Yep. And they're having amazing results from it. But you know, I mean, I, I don't know the science behind it and whether or not it's you know whether or not it's actually any good. But what it, what ultimately they aren't doing is shoveling a whole heap of other crap in their faces. You know, diet sodas, yeah, sure. diet sodas, and breads and pastas and potato and all that garbage. Yeah, I'm sure there's some dietitians right now hearing this that are <laughs> roll on their eyes. Yeah, okay, I'm not a dietitian, but I I know it's yeah. a simple it's a simple you know calories in calories out. It's just you know what the good cal you need. Needs to be made up of good calories as well, you know, the right calories, not yeah, you know, not just anything. It's just avoiding anything processed is is yeah. my sort of biggest tip that I mm. tell everyone, you know, but everything in moderation as well. You know, if you my fitness power has been a revelation for me. You know, using yeah. my fitness power and linking that to oh, and you've got a really good app that you use, don't you? Yeah, so I, I've got the um, Lira Four app, which is run on the Trainer Four uh, Trainerize platform. So it's it's really good in regards to. Allowing you to link it in with your Fitbits and My Fitness Bell and uh, mm. Garmin, all the, all the mm. different, uh, yeah, Garmin, all the different technology out there. Mm. So I set up all my training packages through that. It's got video demonstrations, which are currently just from the trainer eyes. So you subscribe, data, you subscribe to that, and then you can then push that out to your clients. Yeah, so I subscribe to that. So it's in a tiered system. Every five or ten clients, you have to pay for a new model and. Obviously, that gets cheaper as as more clients go. Uh, sorry, gets more expensive as mm. you get more clients on there. But you know, obviously pass that cost on, so mm. uh, that's fine. But yeah, it's just a really good way for me because I can track when you guys do your workouts. I can see what weights you've entered in, and I can use that uh, information to adjust next week. So it sort of takes away, you know, that time in the gym where you're flicking on bits of paper or writing on a notepad or you know, going through a PDF and trying to work out what's next and all you've got written there is, you know, DB bench press and, you know, to some people that means nothing. But at least this, you know, if you've got no idea what the exercise is, you can just click a video and, you know, play it straight away. Yeah. Um, I was just looking through it then. I own custom exercises in there. Yeah. Once I get a chance to get a filming, a bit of filming done, which will, you know, incorporate a lot of the, the fit dad stuff with the kids. And mm. uh, I also want to do my own variation of all the workouts in there in the gym or 
body weight stuff as well because I just think it'll add that personalized uh, touch to you know what what I'm trying to offer and but at, at the moment you know the the guy that's in there doing all the demos yeah does a good job and yeah it's good um, I'll probably just keep that there for the time being but also want to work on another platform for the fit dad stuff where I actually have played around trying to do a bit of it uh, the last couple of weeks where I'm actually basically a personal trainer in your ear. Mm. So some backing music and I'm going to be talking to you whilst I'm, uh, whilst you're doing the exercises can only be done by time. So I can't do it by reps, Mm. but it's going to be sort of a motivational coach pushing you whilst you're in a park. Mm. Um, So you'll be down doing pushups, doing squats, sprinting here, Mm. running to this distance and you'll be getting all, you know, motivational, you know, cues and technique cues whilst you're doing it. So That's awesome. I just had this sort of idea of, because I do a lot of, oh, you know this anyway, I do a lot of high-intensity interval training. So, you know, I'll do, there's three three runs I do a week or four with a long, slow distance, but the three runs I do a week is 10 by 400s yep. um, with a minute 30, no, with a minute between each 400, five by one kilometres with a minute 30 between each one kilometre and 10 by 200s with 30 seconds between each one. What I was yep. thinking is how awesome it would be to to have you know that uh, that four hundred I guess is taking me about oh, I guess two minutes something, and you know it would be good to have you know like in the last five or ten meters where you want to st- you know have someone going come on keep going keep going keep going you know I'm intrinsically motivated but having someone else there screaming at you while you're doing it would be pretty cool I mean you'd have to be able to time it right I guess yeah they're good those sort of things. Yeah, maybe maybe a bit of Bluetooth, a beacon software or GPS on your phone, and when you get within mm. 25, 30 meters of that beacon, it sort of GPS yeah. automatically cuts off your Spotify and or a, lets you know what's happening. Or a drone, or a drone following you with a blooming yeah. with, a, with an electric probe. <laughs> oh, mate, give it a couple of years, there'll be something like that already out there. Yeah, I mean, I I, I listen to I mean, I, I never put it on Instagram. I usually put people don't know this, but I usually put gaff music on in the background. Just to see who comments. Like, I had Def Leppard on there a couple of weeks ago. I've had like music like that in the background, Pink Floyd and stuff. Sometimes I put on It's Time for War, which is one of those motivational, you know, things where the guy's basically telling you, you're not good enough unless you can do one more rep. And I have it on, I have the four Sonos set up all around the gym at volume 20. And just, you know, that's usually when you're going for a one, one rep max or something like that. And yeah. I'm, I, I may have dropped the squat bar a couple of times off of the because of it, but um, yeah, I think that I think there's something definitely to a good playlist, you know. Yeah. And clear nasal passages. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, and that that's something I'm um, working on. So I'm working on a YouTube channel at the moment, a Spotify playlist, mm. of just you know my favorite songs. It's, it's more for me, but I'll put it out there for everyone else if anyone wants to join in. And free content, free content is where it's at to draw people to you as a personality. I I get that. And landing pages, you know, pushing through to MailChimp. And I mean, this is all Gary V's stuff, really, isn't it? I mean, I've read Crushing It as well. I've been obsessed with Gary V for a couple of years. I I went and seen him. I think I spent about $300 for a VIP ticket because it was only one left last Mm. November in Brisbane. I think he was the second keynote speaker. I just walked out after he finished. Like, there was and started doing stuff. Probably, yeah. yeah I, straight on the internet and building another website. Yeah, straight mm. back to Noosa and probably listening to his podcast on the way home. Mm. And 
Yeah, it's mate. He's. The, I think the reason I love listening to him and I, I find him the most influential and you know motivational for me and, and my businesses is because he just tells it straight. Yeah, he's he no doesn't give a shit about what anyone thinks. You know, mm. tells it to you how it is, and and he doesn't expect anything. Mm. You know, in return, and, and he openly openly says that as well. And mm. I still buy his stuff, and like like I sent you yesterday, the ninety page uh, mm. content sideshow. Like, you know, if someone someone else would try and charge you hundred bucks a month for ten months to have access to mm. you know, that stuff, and he just gives it out for free because. Mm. Well, a he's a he's a you know hundred millionaire or whatever he is, and b oh, b because he understands that if you're value adding, people will be loyal to you, and loyalty is what loyalty is what ends up making you financially you know independent. Yeah, and and I think what I really like about his story is he he hasn't come from anything. Um, mm. He hasn't come from you know money, immigrant, mm. moved to America, bottle bottle shop. You know, wine library mm. stuff as well. Mm. I think he did. In he's mentioned he did that for a year or two on YouTube, an episode. Every and they were day. crap. Was, yeah, yeah. And now look at how good they are now. Was. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so uh, uh. It sort of just you know makes you think, and it's probably why I've really peeled back the layers and gone back to the foundation with this, mm. and you know, consistently putting out content workouts. I've got you know a private Facebook group there as well, mm. and workouts, motivational stuff in. And just trying to give, give, give because there's going to come to a stage in, you know, two, four, six weeks when I'm ready to launch that, you know, and I don't expect anyone to share it. But if people want to, you know, jump on a program or mm. just a seven buck ebook or, you know, even just share, share one of the mm. Facebook posts, then, you know, it all comes back to you uh, twofold. So, yeah. No, it's good, man. I think it's a, I think it's a really good business that you've set up. I like it. I, I like the fact that, you know, that you've targeted. And I said this to you before. You've targeted a certain aspect of the market. And try and try not to be everything to everyone. You know, you obviously know where your, you know, where your passion is, and you're gonna, you're gonna pursue that. And you also understand the intricacies. I guess it's the right word of being a dad, and and yeah. therefore you can. Hey, look, this is the workout I'd do if I was going to the park with my kids. As long as you've got a bench. You know, there's burpees, there's dips, there's, you know, elevator push-ups, there's, you know, there's all these things that you can do. Handstands against trees, handstand walks, you know, the kids love that. Wheelbarrows with the kids, you know, cat, using the kids as a sandbag. I mean, you know, you've got a baby, you've got a gym, you know, and you've got that, you've got that sort of understanding of your area that you want to focus on. And and then a lot of what you're telling me, that the way that you structure the responses to your clients is really similar to what we do with Warrior U, where we you really need to understand a person to mentor them, mentor and coach them. You know, you really need to understand. And you know, you've done a bit of Simon Sinek. You know, find your why. It's a powerful motivator. I mean, you've heard me say before as well that motivation is fleeting, and consistency is what builds champions. And I think that just because you're a dad doesn't mean you can't still be competitive. You no, know, no, just no, need no. to be consistent with your training. You know, I think that's you've hit the nail on the head there. I think that that's that's the one thing that can can break the mold for these fathers out there that think, you know, life's over and can't get health healthy and fit and, you know, everything is just now work, kids, you know, drink beer on the weekend, sort of repeat. It's mm. sort of you know, just get up half an hour earlier, you know, don't 
sit on, you know, I, and I'm probably just bad as everyone else trying to run a business through social media, but get off your phone for. Yeah, but you put in a good podcast. The, 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 two weeks. the post that you put out today on Instagram about how you don't beat yourself up when you have a beer or have a pizza and, you know, because you, you, you do have the discipline the other times. That's exactly the same as I me. Mean, I'm not. I'm not in the. I'm not in the same shape I was in a few years ago. But then, yep. but then I was doing. You know, I was doing fartlek training every every morning. I was doing CrossFit every night, and I was riding a hundred k's on the weekend. You know, and and I wasn't seeing my family. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. so so it's got to be a bloody balance here. You know. Yeah, and I think that's why I did go down fit dad lifestyle route because probably twelve months ago, and when I had the boot camp business, I was trying to be a jack of all trades. Mm. I did try to dabble in the online training, but I was targeting everyone. I was, you know, trying to get that perfect body because that's what I thought sold on social media, and and it does to a degree. But I was, you know, I did a fitness show uh, or a physique show uh, about four years ago. And I was the most shredded I've ever been, you know, the fittest I've been in my life, looked amazing. But personally, I felt like shit. Mm. I felt I had no confidence, you know, not that you should have confidence going on stage in your DTs in front of, you know, 400 people. But, you know, I felt depleted. I felt tiny. I felt, you know, I feel more confident in myself right now how I am, Mm. Um, you know, nowhere near that condition that I was then than, you know, where I was. Um, mm. So, you know, it's sort of one thing that, that probably got me mentally and that was probably six months of no drinking, eating the broccoli, chicken mm. type, you know, diet, constantly getting the body fat tests and that's just not me. Mm. Um, I, I want to go to the surf club and have a few beers with the boys mm. on the weekend or I want to have pizza with the kids watching the footy on a Friday mm. night and I, I know first, you know, firsthand that life's way too short to you know, just live stringent, boring. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could do that again if you wanted to for six. I mean, you're. I've got this saying, you're only ever 12 weeks away from the fittest version of yourself, which is true. Yeah. You look at Jeff Hugel. Yeah, Jeff, yeah that's true. Jeff Hugel, well, he was one of Australia's greatest swimmers, went away for a while, <laughs> turned into a marshmallow, came back, was better than he ever was. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know what he looks like now, but I mean, yeah. suffice to say, I think he's a pool cleaner in Sydney, actually. Yeah, I've seen a, a, in the paper. He but. was, a, I mean, he's a br- he was a brilliant athlete, but he knew he knew he could do it again. You know, yeah. If you're listening, yeah, and, reach and out, you're Jeff. Exactly right. I could, you know, dedicate mm. you know, myself for the next four weeks and do it, but mm. I, I just don't want to get back in that mindset of mm. how I felt on mm. that night. Mm. Um, like, yeah, that, it was probably one of the times that I felt. Yeah, probably the most negative mm. about my appearance was was that bodybuilding. Uh, well, so I think now you've got a great yeah. great message now for all those dads, and you know I think that you'll be very successful with it. I hope you are, and if I can help in any way, let us know, and I'll I'll make sure to to push it onto you know as many people as I can. I mean, I'm I'm doing some of your training now. You've been quite kind to me, and knowing that I can't you know do do everything that's prescribed, but it's um. Yeah, I really quite like the program. It's been really good, and it's, and it's refreshing too. It's stuff that I haven't done for a long time. Yeah. So thanks yeah, for that, man. Hey, that. Thanks good. for coming on the podcast, dude. That's all right. Where can That's people right, where, where can people find you? Mate, Instagram is probably the best place. Uh, so at the Fit Dad Lifestyle, and the website is going to be 
thefitdadlifestyle.com, um, but it won't be launching until August. August. I'm not sure if the podcast is going to be coming out, but yeah, thefitdadlifestyle.com is where they can find me from there. Oh. Otherwise, are you using are you using Squarespace for that? No, I'm actually using ClickFunnels. Okay. So I, I've done everything myself. So I've always built my own websites mm. and done uh, all that kind of stuff. So I've used WordPress and Wix in the past, mm. but I, I just really like the ClickFunnels platform. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's something that I'm willing to give a go. And I've watched that many looks, tutorials. On looks good on a looks good on a mobile phone too. Yeah, yeah, and that's one thing they've got inbuilt into the back end is is the optimization mm. for the iPad mm. phone and. Mm all that kind of stuff. So, and, and it also integrates a lot with your MailChimp's and mm. a lot of the other different software that's already out there. Yeah, sorry, man. You're saying your um, email address as well. Yeah, so info at Leroy4.com. And four is F-A-U-R-E. Yeah, yep. that's right. Cool, man. Thanks, brother. Well, that wraps it up for another week. Hey, just a reminder, if you want to have any of your questions answered, If you'd like to sit there and watch me on a live video, yay, then you need to subscribe to the Closed Warrior Youth Facebook group. It's $4.95 a month and we'll do an hour video every week answering all your questions and there'll be lots of really cool guests. Send me a message to bram at warrioru.com.au and I'll send you the payment link and then you'll be able to jump on. Thanks again for listening. Take it easy. Remember... Life's a daily renewable contract. See you guys. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.